Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Hey, this is Jay Gibbons. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearingly sitting host, Matt Sverka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sverka. Did you like I shortened our intro a little bit? Oh, yeah, I appreciate it's that. A, for some reason, I only had the long one with me, and I didn't want to sit through that, uh, so I shortened it. I'm sure the listener will also appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate us having a show this week. We took off last week for like the first time ever. We broke our Kyle Ripken like streak. Right, right. As Josh made his well, move to Florida. Well, yeah, last week was a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, and it's the camp I do every year, which I mean, I've got to have at some point, we got to have a strawberry segment because I got to share a story from the camp about in our strawberry segment today. Um, because it was a real life, like, I couldn't believe it as it was happening. So we'll share that. <laughs> but yeah, now, now I am in, now I am in Florida. I'm in a shady hotel room, uh, right down the street from uh, my office. Actually, it was like 10 miles from my office. So not right down the street. It's just one really, really long road. Uh, cause that's what everything is in Florida. I'm starting to learn. It's just a bunch of really long roads. And, uh, yeah, you hop on 95 and go like 90 miles an hour anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Well, I uh, I appreciate you being on here. Bert's not here. Um, I'd just like to point out that Josh just moved to Florida, started a new job yesterday, and is on the show today. Bert, meanwhile, had an extensive to-do list at his house as <laughs> he's sitting at home, uh, as his kids yeah. are here with me, actually, in the Outer Banks on vacation. He's at home oh, with a long to-do list. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even have his kids. He has Albie. That's it. Yeah. And he and he's worried about packing. Yeah. In fairness, okay. uh, um, his wife fairness, is out of town, so it's just him and Albie. <laughs> That's not that. That doesn't make it any better. It doesn't. Um, well, I know, but my my point no, but, is like, uh, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to go with. In fairness, Bert takes every summer off anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good point too. In fairness, Bert really kind of has it tunes out uh, dur- during the summer. Which is a shame because that's when most of the baseball happens is during the summer. <laughs> right, right. And this is a baseball podcast. Uh, so it's a kind of a shame. Now, he, Bert's coming down and joining you, right? Yeah, I think he's leaving tomorrow. He'll get here either really late tomorrow or, or early morning the next day. All right. And I think my wife's coming down as well. Yes, I heard that. I'm not sure if you know that. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, that. I don't know when she's coming, but I heard she's coming. Tomorrow. Once – uh. Once she gets her replacement phone from T-Mobile because she broke her phone. Ah. 
because she put it underwater and said, Aren't, isn't my phone waterproof? Uh, and it's not. Find out the hard way. She's got a new one coming tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. But anyway, uh, my point was, well, Bert's joining you and the two of you are together. Yes. Does that mean that, that, does that, mean that we can count on Bert for the next episode? If Maybe? we... I mean, if we do it before we get out of here, I mean, I think he's leaving on Sunday, so we'd have to do it before Sunday. Oh, he's trying to sneak in and out between episodes. Yeah, so maybe we can push. We can talk about it. Maybe we can do a, a show on Saturday night or something. Because when Bert gets down to, to my state of Florida, which is now my area, not him, he's coming down as the visitor. Uh, we lose him. Yeah. And apparently, every night Disney night. Yeah, and unless if we're lucky, we'll get a call in. From like Pirates of the Caribbean ride or something, <laughs> right? We're lucky. waiting in line. Yeah. Well, well, here now's our chance. We'll try to wrangle him in for at least another episode or two because you'll have his attention for a little bit in the Outer Banks, and then I'm gonna have to go see him at some point when he's down here because he won't be that far from there. Yeah, like just a couple hours away, right? I think I think it's like an hour and a half. Oh it yeah. Might be, it might be just as close as his home. Not too not too much <laughs> further than his home to my. Arnold home. And maybe he could be a guest on your new daily podcast. Yeah, you, my new daily podcast. I started it two days ago. I told you all that once I got down here July 1st, I would start it. And uh, the first episode was rough. I think the second episode was better. And uh, tomorrow's third episode will be even better, I'm sure. So it's uh, it's it's fun to try to experiment with it. We're doing, uh, we're doing it on Anchor, which does cool things where people can like send voicemails in response and all. So we might incorporate all that stuff into the big show uh, soon, but 336 Daily is a chance for me to test things out like that. So it's uh, its its own feed. It's not on Apple Podcasts yet, but it's on like Pocket Cast and Anchor and something else. Maybe Google. It's on a few, and by next week, it'll be on all the major players. Yes. But check out 336 Daily. I'll tweet it out. Uh, we're keeping it as a separate feed so that I can experiment with different things with it. Yeah, well, good, good luck talking on a daily basis about what I think is the most uninteresting baseball team, Orioles team, that we've had in a really long time. I'm starting to get really sick of this team, to be honest. And I should be optimistic because this is where, where we're talking today. Uh, the Orioles have been playing pretty well. Um, we're playing yeah. Tampa Bay now. Uh, but the series before, we took two out of three against Cleveland, our first series win in a long, long time. And we won two of those games, 13 to nothing. Um, and so there are some positive things happening here in Birdland. Um, but overall, I'm kind of Even, sick of what I'm watching. Well, the interesting thing has been the start in pitching. Right. Right. We knew Means and Passioner were good guys. And we got to give Means a whole lot of credit for getting into the All-Star game. He totally deserves that. And it's fun to have a... a player who actually earned his way onto the all-star game no Ty Wiggins effect here yeah but uh yeah. those guys pitched really well and then on on Sunday you know a pitch and they still held the Rays to two runs or uh the Indians to two runs yeah 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 um so yeah so so there's some 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 good signs there it is almost like it's a little bit if you're looking at the start pitching it's becoming a little bit ridiculous how there's a new starter for kind of every game. I mean, at the end of the season, we're going to have pretty and a pretty extensive list of people who have started games. You say it's fun. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I love the, the around, I think it's around uh, maybe two o'clock where I get the little tweet. Uh, is it Tom? Tom Eshelman is starting tonight. 
And then it's the, who's Tom Eshelman? Google. Oh, yeah, we got him a few weeks ago. Making his major league debut tonight. But then he pitched pretty well. Yeah. He, he runs five innings. Yeah, he, he actually did pitch pitch pretty well. Our bullpen was terrible. But he pitched pretty well. So it's, yeah, but it's like, um, like we, we pick up a guy from, from another team. We send him to the minors. If he makes a start, we're lucky. He's immediately caught, caught up. Because we literally have no starting pitchers in, in AAA. And so we're quickly trying to pick these guys up um, and start them. Or sometimes we're going with the um, – um, with, with the opener strategy. But it's really the problem with the opener strategy because it seems like it would make sense with the Orioles because the Orioles don't have enough starting pitchers. So this, it sounds like it would make sense to go with the opening strategy, the opener strategy. But the thing that right. doesn't work is when you have a really bad bullpen, <laughs> the opener strategy doesn't work because you have to use like seven bullpen arms when you're the Orioles. And it yeah. screws you up for the whole kind of that whole week because you again don't have good starting pitching. Um, and to do the bullpen strategy, your bullpen's got to be pretty good. Our bullpen yes. is horrible. So yeah. what we do instead is we're using the Norfolk shuttle routine where you bring someone up and then you designate him and assume no one will pick him up and bring up the next guy. Have you ever heard of this guy that pitched tonight, Asher Wajawaski? Yeah, I wanted you to say his name. Thank you. Um, well, I I just like that his name, his first name's Randall, but he doesn't go by Randall. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. It's Randall Asher Wajawaski. Yeah. I, I liked him, uh, his name on the back of his jersey. And it was the big old arc going all the way to the armpits. I like it when the name is so big I like it. that it has to go on an arc all the way to the armpits. I do like that as well. Because what they do not want to do is two lines. You got to squeeze all that into one line. Yeah, it doesn't matter how long your name is. You got to get in in, uh, in one you line. Get one name in there. You think they have some custom letters that are a little smaller, just slightly? Like we're gonna just go down like two font sizes, just so we can squeeze it in and it still look like it matches. Yeah, and I wonder about the uh, like the spacing between the letters too. I wonder if they, they mess yeah, with yeah, the yeah. spacing of the letters. I de- they definitely do. Definitely squeeze the squeeze them. Are the corners all touching each other? Yeah, exactly. So, but but you mentioned I, I wanted to get to your strawberry of the week story. But you mentioned John Means, who is well deserving. He's having a great year. Yeah. Um, but the talk in Birdland was less about John Means getting it and more right, about how about Trey. Trey Mancini got snubbed. Uh, Josh, are you with everyone here? Do you think the uh, that Trey Mancini got snubbed from the All Star game? <laughs> Trey Mancini's having a great year, and he's having a surprisingly good year. But I don't know where you would put him in the, in the All-Star game. He doesn't have a position. He's not the, one of the top, whatever, five outfielders in, in the American League. He's not the top DH in the American League. Uh, I don't know if he's the top first baseman in the American League, but he doesn't play enough of any of these positions. So I get, I get the idea of, Hey, offensively, he's having this amazing year, and the Orioles got to have someone. But if you're if you're only picking one from the Orioles, which let's be honest, the Orioles suck. You're only going to send one from the worst team in baseball. I think John Means is more deserving, uh, even though the Orioles desperately want Trey Mancini to be the face of this organization. Right. Um, a lot of people were upset by it. Um, Trey Mancini. Were, were you? Were you? Yeah, I was upset by it. Okay. I was upset by it because. 
I think he's having, but he's not just having a good year. He's having, I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, and people, a lot of people are citing Mookie Betts specifically on a guy who's not having nearly as good as a year as Trey Mancini. Um, and if you just look right. at Trey Mancini's as his splits, you know, 302 batting average, 359 OBP, 542 slugging. Just if you look at even outfielders, because he's played mostly outfielders. Outfield. Right, but if you ignore the defensive stuff and just offensively, because it's kind of what we base All-Stars off of, his numbers um, are deserving compared to other outfielders to be uh, in the All-Star game. I mean, I don't know how you can have, if you're Trey Mancini, a better season than you're having this year. Um, So I think he did get snubbed. I don't think it's ridiculous either that a terrible team gets two All-Star players. Like, I think John Means and Trey Mancini both should have went. I mean, the Orioles are not the worst team. What position do you send him as? Outfielder. You you take up Mookie Betts, you put him in there. And there's some talk recently that just today, Hunter Pence got hurt and that he might be an injury replacement guy. We'll wait and see. Gotcha. I believe that's how Tillman got in a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah, because we were having debate if Tillman was – John Means was the first starter since Chris Tillman to make it to an all-star game. It depends how you do that, right? Was he selected or in right. reserve? If you, hey, if, if if you wear a jersey to the All Star Game that says American League, you're you're an All Star representative for the Orioles. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter how you get in there. Um, well, I would have liked to see Trey into the home run derby. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, I, I want some young blood into that home run derby. Yeah. So I, I mean, I wasn't even like outraged enough to tweet about it that I was upset about Trey Mancini because I don't really care about the All-Star game at all. Um, right. We know it's a popularity contest anyway. Yeah. And I don't even understand how the voting works. Like, I literally don't understand how it works. But I thought he should have got selected in there even if he didn't get voted in. Um, so I thought – and I also like how this is, like, the only time people use the word snubbed, yet they use it all the time. Everyone goes around talking about someone being snubbed. And I like that. I'm going to try using that word snubbed more in everyday conversation, but it's kind of hard to say you were snubbed unless you're talking about like an all-star game. Like how else in normal conversation would you use the word snubbed just in everyday conversation? Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Bert snubbed us tonight. Okay. Yeah. He's, would that work? I guess. Um, but see, that's even in a slightly different context than being snubbed. From something like as if he wasn't invited the, on here. The definition, the definition for snubbed is to be to rebuff, ignore, or spurn disdainfully. Yeah, I would say Bert snubbed us. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and I, I and I buy by that definition. Trey Mancini got snubbed, but like the reason the Orioles are the worst team in baseball, like the Orioles could be an All Star team with, I mean, not an All Star team. They, they could be a playoff team with Trey Mancini and John Means as their two best players. That's conceivable. Sure. The problem with the Orioles is their secondary players are so beyond terrible, right? Like our yeah. certain pitchers outside of Bundy and Kashner and Means is an absolute carousel joke. I mean, I think we've had like 15 certain pitchers already this year. I mean, it's just a joke. Right, right. Now, everyone joked about how Duquette was the king of the Norfolk shuffle. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Whatever's going on with Hyde and uh... – and Elias, that's the new Norfolk shuttle. And that's an, it's weird because it's not bring up the guys who are doing well at Norfolk. It's bring up guys that we don't care about. Yeah, and that's why I said this is in some ways is the most uninteresting team like that we're ever going to see. 
because it's no prospects because they're purposely not bringing up prop, prop prospects. Like they could bring up Zach Lothar, but they're not. And I, I think they're right. Like they're, they're doing this the right way, but it means they literally have to just throw anyone out who they can call up and then option down or DFA the next day. And so they don't want to use well, any player's thing. options and they want to be able to get guys who will clear waivers. So we get a bunch right. of bums up here. Exactly. It's always guys that they know they can TFA and no one's going to pick up. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that, that's exactly right. And so that's how we get well, uh, Matt Witherspoon up here uh, and, and pitching in games. Um, it's kind of crazy. Right. So you're not going to see – and that's a little frustrating. But I was surprised that we have one of the youngest teams in all of baseball, which is kind of surprising because I feel like we're using all these bum veterans. But, like, Eshelman's a young guy. They're just guys who haven't got like, – I think he's 25. Um, so there's still young players, and you hope, I don't know, right. maybe one of these guys hits. But you, but you feel like with all these pitchers, they're just killing time until the young pitchers get ready and are there. Yeah. Yeah, and some of these guys, maybe when they DFA them, they're hoping someone will take them. No one does. Yeah. I don't know. There's limited options. So uh, I would like to see Trey Mancini, but he was snubbed. But that's fine. I am excited, especially because Trey Mancini's never been an all-star. And you thought, this is if this isn't the year, then when? <laughs> and John Means a little rookie. Yeah. yeah. So it's it exciting to have a, a rookie who a rookie who uh, who thought maybe he was getting sent down when he got caught into the manager's office to be told he was an all-star. That's that's fun. That's a fun story. I like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. I find that. I, and it's amazing. It's kind of amazing, right? Because if you look at Kevin Gossman, and Jake Arrieta, going all the way to Jake Arrieta, and, of course, Dylan Bundy more recently, and Hunter Harvey even more recently. All the top prospect arms never work out. And here's this no-name John Means, who was never a high prospect, and he all of a sudden becomes our first all-star starting pitcher since Chris Tillman. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. We'll see if it can hold or if it's like a Gonzalez situation. Remember how God, Gonzalez had an amazing, like, one year? And then he was just the worst pitcher in the organization. It happens all the time. I mean, it happened with Bud Norris, right? We traded and got Bud Norris over here, and he helped us uh, get to the playoffs. And and then he went back to being, at best, a back-end bullpen arm. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if John Means is for real, if he can keep this going. It looks like he's for real, though, but we'll see. Right, right. Uh, And Andrew Kashner picked up another win. I mean, John Means Andrew Kashner has been a nice one-two punch. Um. You, yeah, I saw people talking this weekend about how uh, if Kashner pitch, continues to pitch this way, he can get us some value at the trade deadline. Is Kashner really going to bring you anything? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think of someone trading for a certain pitcher, they're trading for a one or two. Because usually, right, it's teams that are already going to be in the playoffs and they're just looking for that. Yeah. Like, Kashner isn't going to pitch in game one or game two of a playoff game. Like, you want Kashner to be your fourth or fifth starter to help you get in the playoffs. So if there's a team that's looking for a fourth or fifth starter, or if there's a team that really needs a long man in the bullpen, um, I think Kashner could fit that. But I don't think you give up anything much for that for a fourth starter. Right. I mean, I think of him as kind of like when the Orioles went after Bud Norris. Yeah. just needed an extra guy in there. Yeah, so you might get an 18-year-old prospect. I don't think you're getting anything. I don't think you're getting a top 100 prospect for Andrew Kashner. Yeah, 
It'll be interesting. Yeah, but I mean, this is Elias' first uh, trade deadline, so we'll see what he does. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if he can do better than uh, it's. It'll be a good time to kind of reevaluate Duquette's uh, trades last year and see how all that panned out as well a year in. So it'll be something to talk about in the next few weeks. Yeah, speaking of Elias, let's also hit this, and then we can get to your Strawberry of the Week story. Uh, free um, international signing day was today. Yeah, uh, twenty-seven guys. Twenty-seven guys, yeah. no one's ever heard of, and we're all and we're all pumped about it. And most of them are sixteen. Most of them were right. Most of them were born in two thousand two, some in two thousand one, and some in two thousand three. So uh, yeah, sixteen, seventeen-year-old kids. Yeah, that's crazy. And no huge name guys. Like we didn't get any of the top prospects because apparently those guys were already spoken for so we're working right. from behind we spent a few you know a few guys signed for about four hundred thousand. um so we're, we still yeah, have money left to spend could you imagine being a kid from the dominican republic or venezuela aruba bahamas colombia any of these countries where we got guys and you're giving a 16 year old kid four hundred thousand? yeah now you're locking them up for the next 10 years yeah. but still it's pretty crazy yeah yeah, it's crazy to me. There's 27 guys. Almost all of them are from the Dominican Republic. Um, yeah, 16 of them. Okay, and then there was a handful from Venezuela, and a shout-out to the guy from the Bahamas and one from Aruba, right? One from the Aruba, one from Bahamas, and one from Colombia. How, it's crazy to me because – and I think this is typical for all of baseball to be most players come from the DR. But that's like – that's a pretty small right. – country like it seems like oh there's a whole lot of baseball players coming from this really small small country kind of it's crazy to me a little bit percentage yeah i don't know i mean maybe it's because it's a play area where they can play baseball year round they've got the baseball schools i don't know i think it's similar to like a lot of baseball players come from florida and uh places south like that arizona Las Vegas, you know, places where they can, can play baseball as one sport year round instead of where we've got you play baseball, then you play football, then you play basketball. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's there's 300 million people in the U.S. There's 10 million people in the DR, except I, I feel like 9 million of them are, are, are trying to play baseball professionally. It's, it's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, it's the – I wonder if it's the number one. It can't be number one, but I wonder where it lists as far as like – jobs for like when you grow up in the dr like it's baseball like most people strive to like is it kind of, baseball kind of like if you grew up in west virginia and your dad was a coal miner oh like yeah i think it's probably more extreme than that the same type of thing because you have guys being drafted when they're 16 right so it's like that's there i'm sure for the majority of kids there right like boys if you're in any way athletic that's your life until you're 16 and you hope you get drafted Right, but here's my here's my ignorance. Isn't sixteen like? Do they they don't go to high school till eighteen? Isn't sixteen kind of or the Dominican Republic and a lot of these countries where you're then like, all right, you're a man, go work? Isn't that around the age of sixteen? Yeah, I guess. Or am I just? I don't know the I don't know the the schooling. The, the schooling. I don't know if they're required to go to school until a certain age. I don't know how that works. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how any of that works. But like in all this, actually, all of that you bring up a good point because all that stuff with international signings, I always found a bit um, shady, right? Because 
you, it's all kind of through middlemen. We're talking about boys here, and it's a lot of money involving boys and handlers, guys who can easily take advantage of, and it's kind of a free-for-all, right. and it just it always and, and, just makes me eesh. It makes me I, – I don't like any of this stuff at all with international free agent signings. I think it's necessary. I'm glad the Orioles are involved, but I don't like the whole process. It makes me cringe. Yeah, and remember, we talked about them all being 16-, 17-year-old boys. But remember, how many times do we hear about how, like, uh, that's not quite their age? Yeah. And, like, their age is a lie. And it's like, oh, he's 20 years old. No wonder he's such a big 16-year-old. Yeah, you see the Little League World Series. Even in America, you see the Little League World Series, and it's the 12-year-olds, and they all look like they're 18. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that 12-year-old's got a mustache. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's all shady. But anyway, all these guys we never heard of, and you will never see their names again for at least the next five years. So <laughs> that's that's that. Um, when we yeah. when you talk about international science being a long process, it is like legitimately a long process. Like you won't hear these guys' names again uh, for a handful of but years. It's a, but it's a big deal that the Orioles are involved. Yeah, and twenty-seven guys from like countries that normally bring baseball players. And spending some real money in there—that's that's big news for the Orioles. That's something we haven't seen. Yeah, it's like the MLB draft all over again, right? You get about the same number of guys, um, and, and yet the only problem is in the—it's almost like everyone's been doing two drafts every year, and the Orioles just been participating in one draft. Um, and well, so it's, it's it was asinine. And that's and that's part of the controversy with the international sign-ins is that there is no draft. Right. It's a free-for-all. Right. Now, it's a little better now because they have the signing bonus pools, so you just can't spend yes. whatever you want. Um, so it's a little bit better now. But I don't know if that's better. I guess you can take advantage of players more and lowball them offers more, and you don't right. have the Yankees and Dodgers signing everybody. Um, but it's- Right. But you still have to go out there and convince the guy to sign with the Baltimore Orioles who have no – very little presence in the Dominican Republic versus like maybe the Yankees that have like two teams playing in the DR for high school kids and stuff, whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 And the more you sign guys, the more you kind of become trusted and known as, as a good spot. Right. And right. And not to mention, no, I know that I, I like the Orioles because this kid I looked up to is now on the or signed by the Orioles. Sure. Well, I saw one of the, I forget who it was, but one of the signings, his um, agent was Miguel Tejada. I thought that was interesting. Kind of a former oral connection there. And I assume it's... That just sounds like Miguel Tejada wanted to get a little bit more money. Yeah, I assume it was that Miguel Tejada. the numbers baseball players are making today. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, but that's... We're, we're going into the All-Star break. We're playing Tampa. I, I've been really pleased with some things. I was watching the game tonight on a Tuesday night. Chancisco had another pass ball. I don't know why Chancisco can't catch the ball every time. I guess this is when they talk about, like, Chancisco is having trouble develop, developing defensively. Are they just talking about, like, he can't catch the ball? <laughs> like, it goes past them, past them every now and then? I don't know. But I thought Chancisco's had some really good at-bats. He's swinging the bat well. He's had a really kind of a big power surge this year. If you look at Norfolk combined with Camden Yards, with the time with the Orioles, uh, Chance Cisco power numbers. Um, he's doubling his power numbers from any years past. And we're just happy through the season. So I've been really pleased with Chance Cisco's bat. I just to catch the ball, son. Um, other than that, I'm excited for what I've seen from Chance Cisco. I think Tony, as manager Hyde says, 
Tony Santander, I think he's been really good, both defensively. Yeah, he's, he's been really fun. impressive. He had a really nice catch tonight. And offensively, he's been he's been better than I thought. So I'm excited about um, Tony Santander. So those are a couple of bright spots uh, I've noticed recently. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I yeah, I totally agree on both those guys. Um, and I don't mind. I keep going back and forth, and I think Brandon Hyde is doing a fine job with these guys. I feel like he's kind of. Uh, I like that he's frustrated when guys aren't doing well. I like that he expresses that. I like that he goes out and argues when stupid plays are obviously screwed up and called wrong by stupid umpires. So I'm enjoying watching Brandon Hyde manage these Orioles as well. I can't, you can't put wins or losses at this point on him because he's playing with crap. You, you gave him no cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, no one, I don't care about Brandon Hyde. No one cares about a manager of a losing team, right? The only times that people really care is if the team has expectations and does not live to those expectations. Sure. That's what managers get, uh, get fired. When you have a team that has no expectations, the manager has no expectations. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you. I can't. I can't say he's doing a good job or a bad job. I can say he's doing what we expect him to do. Right? The team's supposed to stink. He's say, doing that. Right. And and the team seems to be having fun, and the team seems to like him, and that's all you can ask for. When the team's losing, that's what you want your manager to do: is keep them together and not have them lose their heads. Yeah. Here's the. Uh, can I just go through this real quick, and then we can get off it. But the recent transactions for the Orioles, I just pulled it up. So today, they activated activated right-handed pitcher Josh Lucas, um, and they designated pitcher Matt Weatherspoon for assignment. And they also selected the contract of, as you mentioned, Asher Wojciechowski um, from Norfolk. Wojciechowski. And then yesterday, they selected Tom Eshelman from Norfolk, and they put Josh Rogers on the 60-day DL or whatever. Um, then earlier this week, they activated John Means. Um, and the day before that, um, they put Josh Rogers on the 10 day DL. Then they recalled Paul Fry from Norfolk. The day before that, they claimed Taylor Scott off waivers, you know, so he became a part of the pitching staff. So this is all just within the last week. And there's DFA Tanner Scott in there at some point too. Yeah. So just in the last week, I'm looking at like 11 transactions all involving our pitchers <laughs> in just a week, and, 11 transactions involving pitchers, and I didn't even include them all. It's kind of crazy. Right, and, and Wachowski didn't pitch great tonight, so they're probably going to send him back down. Yeah. Fry pitched tonight, so he might not stick around. Yeah. So watch for more of this in the next day or two. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Um, but, Josh, I, I want to uh, get to your strawberry of the week here. Oh, okay, all right. All right, so, uh, yeah, you – I don't have the little strawberry buttons because I'm still getting things set up here in this awkward hotel room. All right. But yeah, I'll, try to, I'll try to explain this story really well. Yeah, okay. Because it was a total, total millennial move. I love millennials. I love so strawberries. At, Let's go. All right. So I'm at this middle school camp all week. I go every year. It was my 19th year, probably the last one because I'm moving to Florida. But I'm there every year. And they divide all – it's a church camp. They divide all the churches up into different team teams. So you're the red team, the orange team, the green team, the blue team. And what you do is every day you're playing against you're playing games and sports and stuff against each other. And you win or you lose. And if you win, you get points. Makes sense. Real simple math. You win, you get points. Yes, I went to this camp. I remember this. It all makes yeah. sense. I think That's people true. have gone to this camp. You went there as a you went there as a camper. You're I did. Makes all sense. So they it all builds up to 
going into this big thing, this big marathon they call it at the end, which is a kind of a relay race with a bunch of every station's got a different game. Um, very similar to like in the movie Heavyweights, where they've got the big contest at the yes. end. So uh, similar thing with this, where it's a it's a relay marathon with trivia and different games and stuff. You got to do at each thing. So we go into this uh, we go into this marathon, and right beforehand, they announce at lunch that the blue team is in first place, the red team is in second place, and then it was like yellow, green, orange, something like that. And then we go into the marathon, and the marathon's intense. It kills me because I've got to videotape the whole thing, so I run more than the kids and all. And anyway, red team wins the marathon. So you're a coconut. Let's uh, clarify. Okay, fine. You're a coconut. We got it. Let's get to right, the strawberry. Right. So red, yeah, all right, here we go. So red team wins the marathon. They were in second place. Now they won the marathon. It was like orange got second, uh, blue got whatever, third. And anyway, so we go into the the chapel service and, and, and then they go in to announce the winner. Yes. So I, I'm in charge of all the video stuff. So I tell my cameraman, Mandy being one of them, I said, get cameras on the red team because they won the marathon and they were in second place and the blue team because they were in first place and they did well in the marathon. So one of these teams is winning the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, make sense? Yes, yes. So the guy in charge of games goes up on stage. He proceeds to give a 15 to 20-minute lecture about how winning doesn't matter and it doesn't matter if you're in last place and we're all winners because we're here having fun. Oh, that's that's a a strawberry speech. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm obviously in the back of the room, rolling my eyes, yeah. joking with another person. Like I can't believe I'm seeing this. Right? Then why are we even competing if they're the winner? Right. What exactly. are we even doing? Exactly. And I mean, it's 500 middle school kids, and they Manager are, Hyde they get that. into this. Yeah. They they get into this. So after his lecture, he goes and he goes. Now we're going to announce the teams that win the winners, but we're going to start with the last team. And because we're all winners, I want every team to come up here and send someone up to hold the trophy. So even if you're in last place, you're going to get to hold the trophy. Oh, my. So, so all right, so it goes through. And last place is uh, orange. And then, Sounds about right, orange uh, and black. Which is, which is weird, which is weird because orange came in second in the marathon, and they did okay during the week, so you, they fell back. They went from, like, fifth to last. And anyway, then they go, like, uh, second to last is Red, who was second place going into the marathon and won the marathon, and now they're second to last. Mm. So I'm sitting with some I'm sitting with some pastors from the Red Church, and they're confused. Yeah, the leaders and stuff. alarm bells are going off. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, we're like, maybe we missed something. So anyway, you go through it, and the green team won. The green team didn't win anything all week, and they came in like. Five out of four out of six in the marathon, something like that, and they won. And their kids are celebrating, and the leaders are celebrating because green team won. And then all of a sudden, all the leaders start looking around, like the guys real high, uh, big up in charge of the camp, the directors and everything. Like we all know something's right, wrong. right. But what do you do when there's when there's fifty middle school kids celebrating that they won, and there's like ten leaders celebrating that they won? And everyone else in camp is confused. This is the Academy Awards or whatever when they pulled the wrong ticket yeah, for yeah. the best movie of the year. Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get any celebration on camera because everyone was stunned and the cameras were in the wrong position. Oh my. So what I got, what I got was shots of people confused <laughs> and like and, and, and leaders just like with dismay on their face. And then 
and then they uh, then they dismiss everyone, <laughs> and all of us leaders stand behind, and we're like, yeah. "What happened? Like, what happened here?" And yeah, yeah. So finally, we get we get we get to the guys who are in charge of the games, and I talk and I and I talk with them, and he said, "Oh, well, the math was really hard. It took us like an hour to do it, and we did it twice." And I'm like, "How is the math hard? You either win and get points, or you don't." And they're like, "Well, no, there's." The numbers are really big. It's like 1,300 and something because we have to make it exciting for middle school kids. And I'm like, okay, but you still get 1,300 if you win or zero if you lose. I said, it's not that hard. And then, so anyway. <laughs> that reminds me of The Office uh, when he's like uh, talking about surplus. Talk to me like I'm five. You have a lemonade right, stand. Exactly. You have $2. <laughs> You're giving $2. Right, you only right. spend $1.70 on the lemonade stand. You have 30 cents left over. So surplus. Yeah. Hard math here. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, we find out that the big marathon that everyone was that basically is the supposed to be worth more points than anything was worth less than anything of the week, less than the normal games each day, and that they added points for sportsmanship that were worth more than winning games. Mm. So the fact that the green team was such a good sport for losing everything, uh, they won everything. They won the whole thing by losing everything. Now, have you ever heard of a strawberry uh, like that? And how does that teach a bunch of middle school kids? And the problem is, is they put a couple millennials in charge of the games who have never been in charge of the games and clearly have never won any games they played. Yeah. Well, that's that's the scary thing, right? Because we always complain about the millennials, but the millennials now are at the age where they're raising kids, right? And so how are a bunch of strawberries going to raise kids? It's like what's worse, what bruises more easily than a strawberry? We're about to find out. It's crazy. And obviously we couldn't do anything about it because we have to be all nice and quiet about it and just like as the red team kids come up, what happened? Well, uh, your thing broke and don't, your your baton broke during the relay, so that cost us some points. Sorry. It's like we're not gonna say, Oh, they gave it to the losers because <laughs> losers never win. It was crazy. Yeah, that is that that is very strawberryish. It it was it was a gr- yeah, yeah. I'm I'm seeing it. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of millennials look at my house as I try to sell it, and it's total millennial moves in the comments. Oh, we love your house, but it's not big enough. But if they had, but they want it in my price range, but they want a bigger house, or, or the backyard slopes too much. It's like, okay, you're in Maryland. There's hills all over the place. There's going to be a slight slope. The slope means that water doesn't run into your house and flood your basement. Yeah. Well, so, well good for that to looking at your house and not still being living with their parents. So I guess that's a, a step that they're trying to make it in the right direction. That's true. That's true. Look at the bright side. Yeah. Now, if someone would buy my house so my family could come down to Florida and I could move out of this hotel, I'd feel even better about millennials. Yeah. That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Well, that's that's a good that's a good strawberry. That's a good strawberry story, actually. But I do like. I wonder if that guy could become like the commissioner of baseball because I think the Orioles are really good sports. So maybe that could actually boost Orioles' win total, give them a chance because they are good sports about losing. We right. lose with dignity, I think. Yeah, yeah, we lose and we still have fun at it. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, did you, did you see the uh, did you see the new hot dog race T-shirt? I did. That the Orioles are good. I did. I like it. I like. I like that it looks like a minor league promotion, and I like that the Orioles are doing dollar dogs with it, and I like that they're thinking out of the box. We've come to the point 
where we literally don't have any players to put on our t-shirts. So we literally have to put a hot dog condiment on the t-shirt for a giveaway. That's where we're at, boys yes. and girls. That's where we're at. We're, we're at the point where they're not even putting that, they're not even giving away orange t-shirts. Yeah. Because you're not going to want to wear an Oreo shirt elsewhere. So you're getting a red, green, or yellow But it shirt. makes sense because the people who get, or the things that get the biggest cheers at Camden Yards every night is not Chris Davis. It's not even John Means or All-Star. The things that get the biggest cheer every single night is the ketchup or mustard or the relish, whoever comes in first. So I guess if they get the biggest cheers, yeah. they might as well get their own freaking T-shirts. So Right. And we already we already had the crab hats earlier this year to take care of the crab shuffle. Yeah. And I saw I saw what they have a, a walk with Elias shirt too that's coming out. You see that? Yeah, the, yeah. There's a walk with Elias shirt, and Elias, like the wrestler who came out with the whole walk with Elias thing, will be at the stadium for pictures and autographs as well. But yeah, the shirt is like the wrestler Elias and Mike Elias both on the shirt. Um, so there's two Eliases on the shirt. Yeah, I think that I think that's dumb. Um, I agree. It should have been just. Our Elias. No, I don't. Mean, Who cares about the WWE? I, I don't even think it should be our Elias. What, what has Elias done for us? Dan Duquette took us to the playoffs a couple of years, and, and we, he let us do a, a division win uh, as the AL East, and he never got a T-shirt. You want some die, some die with Duquette? Yeah. You want to do some die with I'm Duquette? I'm just saying, why does Elias get a T-shirt when he's done jack squat? Does he get a T-shirt for leading the Orioles to the worst record in the history of baseball? Do you get a T-shirt for that? Sign me up for that. Talk about strawberries. You get a T-shirt just because you're young and cool and exciting, even though you haven't done anything yet, and they're already giving you a T-shirt. I think that sucks. I think a Michael Elias T-shirt All right, I'll sucks. Give you, I'll give you that one. Would you buy a uh, like the Astros gave away had uh, process shirts years ago? Would you Would you like a Orioles process? Yeah, shirt? I'd get behind a process shirt. I would have gotten behind a, yeah, I, some. Uh, I like our guys Buck Showwatcher shirts. But don't give me a manager Hyde shirt. Don't give me a Michael Lyers shirt. Two guys who've done jack squat, and now I'm supposed to celebrate them. But I get it. You don't have players to celebrate, so you want to celebrate management. But management hasn't done anything yet. So what are you celebrating? But I like, I like your idea. Let's now give a Brandon Hyde shirt. Let's do a little hide your kids, hide your wife shirt with Brandon Hyde. Yeah, and the Orioles were playing. Sounds about right. Uh, who, what, what are the other in-between innings that they can do T-shirts of? I mean, I think that's where we're at. They're trying to think of all the inter, uh, in-between innings like, stuff. Right, because I saw they are also going to have a Stranger Things bobblehead. But they said it's a bobblehead based on the character Dustin from Stranger Things, which I assume means it's Dustin from Stranger Things as a bobblehead. Oh, that's weird. Not yeah, they're going to have two two people kissing and do it some so kind of kiss know. cam uh, promotion as well. Give me a break. All right, boys and girls, well, we appreciate you listening. We're going to try to get uh, Burt Rohde in here for a show coming up this week, so you can check out our Twitter for all those updates. Uh, make sure you're watching and checking Josh's Twitter for his uh, daily podcast. Does that have a name, Josh? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sticking with our name of 336 Daily. Just makes uh, more sense than uh, Josh Soroka Daily. So okay, I like that. Because I'm thinking by 336 Daily, maybe I'll be able to get you and Burt a little bit on once in a while. Or yeah, if we got a topic to not not uh that won't really fit on this show, or we run out of time, something we can throw into there. Okay, yeah, I got some yeah. topics I want to talk about that we can't get into here on the air because a sports podcast that I can get, oh, in, get into later. 
so I didn't watch the uh, I didn't watch the Oriole game tonight because I decided to go out and watch the new Spider Man movie. Yeah, and uh, I got a story about that that'll be on three three six daily about an awkward movie theater experience that has nothing to do with the movie. All right, all right, I'd uh, look forward to that daily. Because you know, I, I I started a new job, and this is today was day two, and nobody down here knows that I do a podcast. Right, which means when I run into someone from work at the movie theater. I can share about it on the podcast. That's right. You better just hope so, when you get to know them a little bit better, they don't go back and listen to past episodes. No, no, no. No, it's a if sales they rep. This on the internet forever. It's a sales rep that doesn't know yesterday was my first day of work when I met him, and a yeah, guy okay. that I probably won't see again. And so you went to you went to the movies together, or you bumped into them there? Uh, I don't want to steal your daily here, but uh, I, I, I met him at the. I, I accidentally bumped into him at the theater. I walked into the theater and across the room he yells, "Hey Josh, Josh!" Uh, serendipity. I say, yeah. I say, "I don't know anyone down here. I'm in Daytona." And I turn around and it's this guy. And let's just say that he asks what movie I'm seeing. I tell him I'm seeing Spider-Man, and then uh, I go and I sit in the way back of the theater. And in the during the first trailer, I see him coming up the stairs, and there's no seats around me, so he's not going to sit with me. He comes up and says. Uh, hey, I got you a seat down here with my family. Really? And I then, yeah, yeah. All right. So to back up, this guy, what he reps is the is movie theater seats that move. So like when you watch the movie, they move left, right, up, down. Oh, I like that. Cool, yeah. All that. So yeah. I, I, I've installed them in theaters in people's homes years ago. I'm not a, not a fan of them. Okay. So I, what I didn't know is that this movie theater that I happened to pick because they had a 6.30 show on a Spider-Man and they're 15 minutes away has two rows of moving seats. Mm. So I purposely did not get the moving seats. Right. And I sat way in the back. But I'm he sure the sales rep got them. Yeah. The sales rep, uh, the sales rep comes back and gets me because he wants me to sit in these moving seats. So I'm then sitting. In, <laughs> it's awkward. I have my cheeseburger, my fries, my drink. And uh, what am I supposed to say? So I go up to where he's got the seat all set up for me, and I'm now sitting and watching Spider-Man with him, his wife, and his two kids nice. that are, are there to watch Spider-Man. And the chair is throwing me all over the place, like left, right, explosions, and Spider-Man oh, swinging, and I'm going up and right. it move just with the movie? It moves with the movie. Oh, okay. I was so thinking like, you were moving it. Okay. No, no. It moves with the movie, like – it's not just to like sit back and recline. It moves yeah. with the movie. Like, like at one point they're on a boat. Yeah, that's not a, a, and, a burger move. Yeah, you don't want the burger. And, and my 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 seat is bouncing with the boat, and and I'm trying to watch Spider Man, and I'm swinging back and forth in my seat. And all I wanted to do, yeah. Oh yeah, all I wanted to do was a night to relax, and I've got my 3D glasses on, and my my <laughs> fries are bouncing, and and uh, it was. Like it was not a relaxing moment uh, because I was getting thrown left and right. I'm my neck is all tight because of all the movements, and also during the movie, he kept turning to look at me, like to make sure I'm I'm loving the seats. Experience, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just smiling through the whole movie. So the movie ends, and he's like, "Oh, so what do you think about it?" Movie, dude, dessert. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm stuck, and I, I'm like I'm all by myself down here. So what? There's no one I can go to to be like, "Oh, there's my friend." It's like no. Yeah. Uh, so I'm stuck. So after the movie, he's like, "So what do you think?" And I said, "It was good. It was. Uh, it's a. It's a fun experience." I said, "I, I like it more than 3D because I don't like 3D either." But uh, 
he goes, yeah, well, I went into the calibration before the movie and I made sure to boost our seats up as high as they'll go. <laughs> so that's why I was getting thrown all over the place because he wanted to impress me. So he boosted it to like extreme mode. That's crazy. That's funny. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably share about that on the, uh, on 336 Daily as well, but why not get it out on here too? It was funny, awkward, and, uh, then of course you did the little sales pitch of you guys should be installing these seats and come and service in these seats for me here at this theater. Yeah, and you'll never go to that movie theater again in your life. Oh, you better find it. Yeah, I thought I'm in Daytona. I don't need a disguise. Now yeah. I do. Yeah. So. All right, on that note, check out Josh's uh, three to six daily um, about that and about other nonsense. Um, check us out on on all the platforms: Instagram, Twitter. If you haven't liked us on uh, Facebook, go ahead and do that. Uh, oh, and I want one more shout out. Yeah, one more shout out. Go ahead. I got to give a shout out to Eric Graham, who's down in South America. I forget which country, but he's a missionary down in South America. And I found out he listens each week because I ran into his dad at that middle school camp last week. And his dad was all excited because uh, Eric's a listener. And apparently uh, we are uh, what helps him get through not having much Orioles talk down in uh, South America. Shout out to you, Eric. I don't know if this says it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're... It feels like we're definitely more popular outside of Baltimore than inside or outside of Maryland than inside of Maryland. And it's good to get the international listeners. That's always fun. Right. Right. Eric, ask your dad about those millennials. Your dad was on Team Orange, I believe. Oh, I'm sure he's fired up about it, right? I don't know. He's, he's a pretty laid-back guy. Yeah. Sorry didn't bother him. Like the um, adults can get, get more fired up about this than the kids do. Oh, they do. Because the kids are, see this all the time, right? Because they're being raised in the strawberry generation. The parents... You know, can sometimes see it better more clearly. Oh yeah, yeah. I was waiting for participation trophies to come on out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, enjoy your time in the Outer Banks. All right, I'll see you, Josh. Hi to, hi to, hi to Bert for me. I will say hi to Bert. All right. Yeah. See ya. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. (laughs) 